I'm Jack Hampton, and this is the Hampton Hoops Podcast. What up, what up, Coop? How are you doing, my friend? Surviving and thriving. Broke me, dude. (laughs) Let the fun begin. Let's get it. On today's pod, we discuss everything you need to know about our favorite team as we head into this offseason. The first half of this pod is me and Coop discussing all things Memphis Grizzlies. The second half of this pod is me and Trey Day from Trey's Best Bets discussing all things Memphis Grizzlies. It's a whole lot of Memphis on this episode, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Let's jump into it. What up, what up, Coop? How are you doing today, my friend? Oh, as always, man, surviving and thriving. Love to hear it, love to hear it. Our Memphis Grizzlies unfortunately got eliminated in Game 6 on Friday in San Francisco. But that just gives us the right to have a whole podcast about them and talk about everything our Memphis Grizzlies need to do heading into next season into the draft, into free agency, and into training camp. We're going to be with you every step of the way, and this is our favorite team, so these are going to be separate podcasts as well. Um, Cooper, I'm just going to toss you my first question to kick this thing off, and that is, what do our Grizzlies need to do in the offseason to become a true contender? Yes, we were a contender this year. We were the two seed, but nobody really... Um, to be honest, it was a successful season for us to make it to game six with the Golden State Warriors because of our youth and because it was kind of our first time really, really having expectations in the playoffs. So what do you think we need to do in the offseason to become a true contender nationally? Honestly, we need to keep doing what we've been doing. Uh, we weren't projected to be a contender this season. Uh, we weren't projected to be anything last season. We weren't projected to be anything in Josh's first season. So like, uh, the expectations have been super low, and I think that's allowed us to kind of roll under the radar and not have the like gaudy expectations that have kind of that can kind of weigh on people and get them stressed out and stuff like that and make them press a little bit more. So honestly, keep doing what we're doing. Zach Kleiman is going to continue to draft well, make incredible roster decisions. Uh, but my my big key is continuing to develop our guys. Uh, nobody expected uh, Desmond Bain to come into this league and uh, project the way he was going to project in this league. I mean, he came in first as just a spot-up shooter, uh, catch-and-shoot kind of guy, Kyle Korver-esque, uh, come off screens and catch it. But nobody thought he'd ever get any further than that. I mean, the dude's, I think, 6'5", with 6'4", wingspan. <laughs> like, he ain't got much going for him in the, like, what they call intangibles and what everybody, like, raves about and stuff like that. But he's got a torch, and uh, they threw him in the summer league said, hey, you're running point guard. Go learn how to dribble, be comfortable with the ball, do more than just catch and shoot. And he did. And he came in and was, in you, in my opinion, the most improved player of the year. Um, and and also in John Morant's opinion. So, guys like, I'm looking at guys like Zaire. I'm looking at maybe even X, uh, Santi Aldama potentially, um, Desmond Bain even more, uh, even John and Jaren. I mean, they don't get off scot-free in uh, the development. I mean, even John said that he wants to get a little more consistent on shooting. He wants to continue being a better uh, teammate and everything like that. And Jaren got a boatload of stuff that Taylor gave him and, uh, and that he said that Taylor gave him to improve on in the offseason. And he knows he has a lot to get better. He's still younger than both you and I. So, like, he has a lot to keep going with. Um, and, I, and I love what Zaire said. He said, 
uh, or I think it was Desmond Bain said it to him in their exit interviews. He was like, oh, I'm taking uh, Zaire to the gym with me. He going to get arms like mine. And I love that. Fill into your body. Continue knowing that the offseason is the best season. And uh, Desmond Bain's word. But uh, Zaire is looking forward to the summer league, which I love that. Um, he said he's going to learn how to play more with the ball in his hands and come off and uh, do it off the shot. So or off the dribble. Um, and I love that. He can be lethal if he does that. And if he continues to work on his defensive footwork and all that stuff, we could be, he could be really, really good in this league. So I, I think development is a massive key for us because we've been doing it already. So, and it's been showing. So like you started out as barely missing the plan in that bubble year. Then you went to getting in uh, the plan and winning and getting in that one eight seed uh, matchup. And then you unfortunately lost there. But then this year you were the number two seed best second best team in the league um and you took a team that's veteran led um championship driven with three rings as it is uh to six games um without your best player so keep developing continue to draft well continue to make great personnel moves Zach Kleiman uh also shout out Zach Kleiman I don't think we've mentioned it yet on this pod he was executive of the year so shout out him uh they just gotta keep doing what they do yeah, shout out Zach Kleiman, man. He is the GM of the year, and he did say in his exit interview he's 100% keeping this young core together as he should. And I love the thought of Zaire going in this summer league, as you highlighted, um, like we did with Desmond Bain last year, put the ball in his hands, and he had a nine-point jump in his points per game. Man. And just the development he had, I, I really trust our guys with that. I don't know. I just love the direction of this team right now. I'm happy going in the offseason. Yes, we had Jaw get hurt in that game three. Uh, I'm glad it's only a bone bruise. He doesn't, he doesn't have to recover from an ACL, MCL, or meniscus in the offseason. Like, uh, you know, a couple-week thing, and we can jump into uh, offseason work with him as well. Looking into this draft, man, um, what guys are you looking at? Uh, how do you feel? about a Kennedy Chandler. Trey and I discussed that a little bit in our segment to end this pod, but uh, how do you feel about Kennedy? How do you feel about Minot? How how do you feel about Ty Ty Washington? Um, what are you looking at for the Grizzlies as we go into uh, draft season? Uh, I'll start with the first guy you mentioned, Kennedy Chandler. Uh, went to Briarcrest. You and I went to Briarcrest with him. We know what he's capable of. Uh, he's a proven winner at every single stage. And Jack, I mean, you and I have gotten a little bit more of a viewpoint of him just because we did see him in high school. Um, and then we got to watch him in college. He's improving year in, year out. I mean, uh, shout out him because, I mean, he just – the measurements uh, are going on and uh, at the NBA Combine, and he has the best vertical. Um, I didn't realize he was that bouncy. Um, so, shout out Kennedy. I'm so happy to see him succeeding and uh, – he already kind of him and Ja are really close friends. Uh, I think Ja mentors him, so um, that's also a fun food for thought. And I'd love him. I think he could bring you versatility on the defensive side. Uh, he can he can create his own shot. He can shoot, um, and that's what you kind of look for in a backup point guard. And I also think he could play minutes with Ja. Um, I think they both can be capable off ball. So I really like that selection. I, I I'm not as high on Ty Ty. Um, I don't. I know he was really highly projected coming out of uh, high school, but I just never saw it in Kentucky. I didn't think his shot was as consistent as it should be. Um, sometimes it just 
looked like his motor wasn't there. So I don't know how well he projects to the NBA. I like Kennedy's uh, versatility, uh, enthusiasm, energy, um, and just championship-driven mentality. And I think that that's going to translate more to the NBA. Uh, so sh- uh, clip this if you will, but I think Kennedy Chandler will be a better pro than Ty Ty Washington. So if it doesn't happen that way, then y'all 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 can uh, use and abuse it. <laughs> but there it is. Um, as far as Minot goes, Minot did not play very much in Memphis. Um, uh, he's athletic as a mug. He's super tall. Uh, he is six eight, two oh five, and he's nineteen years old. Um, so it'd be a little like getting a two 19 year olds would be kind of different than what the Grizz normally do with their draft. Um, but Josh Minot has a lot of potential, a lot of it. He just didn't get to see the court cause he was playing behind a 40 year old playing college basketball and Deandre Williams. <laughs> um, and that's not a knock on Deandre. He's really good at basketball, but I mean, when you're a veteran and they kind of need veteran leadership on the court with that Memphis team, cause, uh, Penny just kind of didn't know how to handle rotations as well as he should. But, uh, Minot, would I, I'd love him. I think the Grizzlies would be a perfect landing spot for him just because he's a guy that does have a lot of growing to do. Um, and we've just seen the development. So I think he'd be a, a home run pick for us. Just a guy that you don't have to expect to come in and play immediate minutes. Um, and a guy that you could develop into who you want. Um, with, I mean, it's a, the 29th pick would be probably where I'd take him more. Um, if he lands there, I don't know if he does just because of how freaky of an athlete he can be. But if he does land there, I think that'd be a really cool pick because you don't have to rush him. You'd allow him to develop, and then he can become what he become. Uh, but as far as guys I, I would love, I don't think they make it to us, but guys I'd love. Um, Benedict uh, Maturin, I think is how you say his name. He's a wing from Arizona. He's super young. I don't think he falls to us, but he's athletic as a mug, and I, and I like his versatility. Uh, a guy I think I if he starts slipping past 15, 16, maybe do a Brandon Clark type trade up for him is uh, and I'm going to butcher his name, but Okai Ajabi out of Kansas. He's an older player, which fits the Grizzlies vibe on draft night. Uh, he's 6'6", 215, which is great size and length. Um, I don't have his measurements and measurables in front of me from the combine today, but he's uh a player that has consistently improved in college year in year out. He's a championship team uh, teammate of the Kansas squad. So, you know, he has it in him to win. Um, he's an incredible teammate from what I saw. I didn't watch too many Kansas games, but he'd be a guy I would absolutely fall in love with if he somehow fell to us. I don't think he will, but as far as guys that I think could be around our range that I think would be great picks for us would be EJ Liddell, uh, wing slash big. He's kind of a hybrid type guy. His size out of Ohio State. He's 6'7", 240. I um, mean, he's two, 21 years old. So he also fits the mold of the Grizzlies, an older player that people don't look at as much because they don't have as much potential, so they think. Um, but he consistently got better. Um, he, he was projected maybe a late second round pick last year, and now he's projected to be out just outside the lottery this year. So he did what he needed to do in college. Um, he's got a consistent jumper. I like it a lot. Um, I think he could give you some great uh, Kyle Anderson, maybe filler minutes uh, with his versatility and whatnot. Um, and he's also that older type player. Another, I'm going to give you two more older type guys that fit our mold. Um, who I and I fell in love with both of these guys. Um, David Roddy, uh, the guard, wing, big. I just put hybrid. <laughs> Out of Colorado State, he's 6'5", 252. So the dude is an absolute moose of a human being. Um, He's 20 years old. This guy was virtually unknown uh, 
by me and most of the world until the uh, NCAA tournament came into play. Um, Jack, I was watching this dude's mixtape. Uh, I was literally salivating over my phone watching this dude. He is a massive human being, but the man's handles. I'm gonna say it look like Luca for his size. Not he does. He's not Luca Doncic. Don't quote me on that. But he, his handles for his size are just impressive, guard like, like Luca. And I know Luca is a guard, but he he it was just impressive to watch. He had a beautiful fadeaway, beautiful moves. Uh, he's just very agile for his size and weight, um, and he's very versatile. And I love that. I think that's a grizzly pick all day. And then the the last guy I'll give you because we've talked about a lot of young guns, but I'm going to give you one of the older players, and that is the mustache himself, Andrew Timmy. I think going back to the Gonzaga well would be awesome. I think Drew Timmy is an incredible player. High IQ, high teammate, um, 6'10", 235, 21 years old. He could play wing, he could play big, and he's just a basketball player, Jack. Like, I mean, I, I get this guy's not going to be a, a flashy, like, savvy pick, but I think he would be a perfect fit for the Grizzlies. Um, and I don't know whether or not he's 29, 22, or 47 pick for us, but I think he'd be a great guy that you could plug and play year one and not have to worry too much about uh, a massive learning curve, kind of like you would probably have to learn with Minot and maybe even potentially Kennedy just with their age. Um, but those are the few guys that I got. What are you thinking on those? With with Kennedy, I, I love how he has played with Ja in the offseason. I, I can't speak to some of the other guys you dove a little bit deeper than I have in the draft <laughs> just yet. And I love that about you because you, lo- you love the work. That's why you're a part of the show. But with Kennedy, yes, I would love having him back up uh, John Morant, I, I think their chemistry there. I'm looking more in the free agency market because you and I talked about this off air, and I'm sure you're going to bring up some names there too. Just with the Kyle Anderson thing, with the Tyus Jones thing, with the Steven Adams um, contract falling off our books, we have a lot of decisions to make there. Yeah, uh, we, we really do. And with Kyle Anderson, my thoughts on that is – my opinion is we need more big wings that can shoot and play defense. Kyle is not a terrible defender. He is a horrible shooter. That is a fact. I think he has been – he was great whenever we played without a center. He was a great four alongside Jaron, and that was a fantastic lineup. But that was because Jaron has the ability to shoot the ball and hide Kyle's defect in that. And Kyle Anderson – was a great vet to this team for a long, long time. He's been here through Jaws' entire three-year tenure since we've drafted him, and I think he's been really good for Jaw in teaching him the way of the league, kind of like Jay Crowder did in his first half year here. But Kyle Anderson, I think it's time to let him walk, and that's what the rumors are right now. I think we should let him walk because I really don't want to pay him that money, and I think – we need a shooter at pretty much every position around John Morant. That's how I feel about that. Um, with Tyus Jones, as I touched on with Kennedy, um, I'm kind of like you are with Ty Ty Washington. I don't, I don't like the whole injury thing. I don't like. I did not like his body language on the sideline for Kentucky. I, I, I didn't like that. He he looked pissed off. He looked like he didn't care at times. Kennedy um, won the SEC, won SEC Freshman of the Year. And he got better as the year went along, and that's huge. And like you said, we went to high school with him. 
Uh, I grew up playing AAU with him. He's a he's a kid that gets better and better and continues to fill out every time I see him. And yeah. that's work. That's that's work that um, John Morant has put in the past three years because he came in as a small guy and he still is a small guy, but he's putting on pounds every year. And that's something I want to see out of Zaire, like we talked about earlier. But um, Tyus, I love Tyus. He's the best backup point guard in the league. That's that's a fact. But um, going back to my big wings point, I, I think we need bigger guys around Ja to help defensively. We need more shooters, and we need a little bit more defense because as great as Ja Moran is, he's not great at defense, and we need more defenders um, to hide him. I, I really think I really think that. Um, as, as everyone here in Trey and I's conversation uh, in this last half of this podcast, he brought up Cam Johnson and Cooper. I'd be criminal to not ask you about um, Cameron Johnson uh, if you would be interested in that. It's a guy who is in and out of Phoenix's starting lineup, usually comes off the bench. Uh, what do you think about Cam Johnson as a fit alongside uh, John Morant and uh, Jaron Jackson Jr.? Oh, I absolutely love that. I love Cam Johnson. I, I think the other problem is uh, every other team would love it as well and that's why the Suns will keep him. Um, I think I think Cam Johnson's too valuable to a team that kind of just got absolutely massacred. Um and I just think that they probably are like, look, you're you're one of our younger players um and you're great at your role. Um I don't know how available he would be. Um and the sad thing is other than the draft, I just don't see very many like great wing options. There are a few um I just don't like that's that's the kind of predicament I feel like the Grizzlies are in, and you know you you and I both know there might be something going on uh, behind closed doors right now where they've already got a sign and trade or, or just a regular trade in place to fill that wing position, uh, and you and I both won't know that until it happens. Kind of similar with the Jonas Valanciunas thing, but uh, I, I mean I'd absolutely love Cam Johnson. I think he'd be a perfect fit alongside this team. Uh, he has a viable shot off the bench. Defense isn't horrible, but it's uh, it's serviceable. Um, but I, I really do like him, and I think the Suns do as well. So I think if you're going to steal him away from them, it's going to be a little bit more pricey uh, than you think. But he would be on a better contract and whatnot. So I, I'd love that. Uh, but I just don't know how feasible it actually is for us to get it. I think you're exactly right with that because, I mean, this is a team coming off 65 wins. They probably want to keep shit, you know, similar to how it was whenever they had the success, even though they got beat in game seven uh, of the second round. But I'm going to bring up one more name. Um, I talked about Josh Hart uh, later in the pod and how I feel about him. Thanks to you bringing up his name months ago whenever we um, talked about possible free agents and trade targets. The reason I'm talking about people in the league right now, just for everyone that's listening, is because I feel we need big wings, as I've said multiple times, but I feel like it's going to come from players in this league right now. Um, A guy I love that's a sniper that has a history of marking the Grizzlies. His defense can be suspect at times, but there's no doubt this guy can give you 20 points on... Uh, six made threes <laughs> maybe night in night out you never know you see a different guy every time this is a guy who John ja Morant um, may have ended his career so this may you know not even be relevant but Malik Beasley is a yeah. guy 
I would love to see a swing swing to when Ja attacks the paint and we kick out Malik Beasley has a wide open three. That's something I would love. Um, granted why he's next to Anthony Edwards, but who knows? I mean, he's not a young up and coming guy right now. He's approaching the middle of his career, I should say. Um, but I, I don't think Minnesota is going to be completely married to their roster. I mean, yes, they think they had a good year with, um, making it to the playoffs, but they're not going to keep everything the same after getting bounced in the first round. So what do you think about a guy like Malik, Be- Malik Beasley? Then I'll let you run with um, whatever free agents or draft prospects you want to talk about. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and you know me too well. We think exactly alike. We're back to normal. We're back from the uh, picking different <laughs> teams in the playoffs. Uh, I have Malik yeah. Beasley. He's number two on my potential trade target, and that's just because they're – Oh, God, do you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you no, like no, Did no, you no. send me that list earlier? I was not murking your shit. No, dude, you're honestly fine. It's only number two because of I was just following like the uh, – I think I was just following like ESPN's like alphabetical order thing. <laughs> but uh, – I, I think Malik Beasley is available, and I don't think he's that hard to get. Um, honestly, mm-hmm. I think, and you can you can disagree or agree. Um, I'd love to see like a maybe a sign and trade Kyle Anderson for Malik Beasley. Maybe a little bit different things going in there, but I think base value of Malik Beasley for Kyle Anderson is very feasible. Um, the only issue I have with it, and this might not be a problem at all, but he is making $15.5 million, but he technically is on the final year of his deal next going into next year because the fi- the other uh, the next year is a team option of $16.5 million. So we could decline that and re-sign him to a smaller deal, or we can uh, accept it and keep him on $16.5 million. So I, I love the Malik Beasley fit. As you said, he absolutely massacres the Grizzlies every time, but then Jod did take his soul. Uh, in FedEx Forum, so maybe the best thing for him is to come to FedEx Forum and regain his soul. Um, but a few more guys, and I mean, I have a long list, so I'm not going to like name drop 35,000 people on you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I have a few more guys that I think would fit perfectly, and they're not crazy expensive. But uh, I'm also just I'm with you. I'm looking for a veteran guy. Uh, if if we're going to lose Kyle and Tyus, who are technically uh, set number two and number three as ter- far as uh, years played in the NBA behind Steven Adams. We're going to need some more veteran leadership. Obviously, Jaw's going to start filling into a veteran leadership role, and, as is Jaron and Bain. Uh, but at the end of the day, you can only expect so much out of 23-year-olds as far as veteran leadership goes. Um, that's why you, we love Jay Crowder as much as we did. Um, but uh, maybe a guy like Alec Burks um, from the Knicks, he's only making $10 million next year. Um, and there's a team option the following year of ten and a half million, but he could give you a lot of guard wing versatility. He's not big like you and I both want, but he could give you, say you don't get a Kennedy Chandler, he could play a backup point guard or ball handler role for you. And so I like that a lot. Um, a young guy that very much fits the Grizzly mold, um, who would probably be very easy to trade for because he is just in a slew of guard and shooting guard rotation at, at Sacramento Kings, but. A guy that you know I had to put on this list because he is the only Ole Miss Rebel in the association, but Terrence Davis. Um, he's coming off of an injury, which also means buy low, but he's only making $4 million, and he can definitely handle the ball because he did it at Ole Miss, and he's done it a little bit in the league. He is a tenacious defender, um, and he will poster any soul that tries to stand in his way. Uh, shout out to Eve Ponds. 
um, for getting that work in college. Um, but also, he can shoot the three. Um, and I think you and I both want that more than anything in this world is somebody other than Desmond Bain to shoot the ball and shoot it consistently. Um, I'm going to give you a few veteran guys, but the only issue with these veteran guys is how much money they make. So it kind of deter a little bit. Um, and before I mention that, I know I mentioned Grant Williams on the last show, so I won't mention him again. But uh, I, I like Robert Covington. Um, the only issue with him is he's making 12.5 mil um, and 11.5 the following year. Um, and his shoot, shot's a little inconsistent, but he can do a lot for you. He's very versatile. Um, and I think he'd fit our mold very well. Um, we've mentioned Tim Hardaway a few times on this list. Um, like when we talk about potential trade targets um, and he's older and he's also very inconsistent, but I don't think I'd want him just solely based on 19 and a half million dollars. And then it's 18 mil and then 16 mil um, a guy. I've honestly talked myself into loving more and more as I look at this list. I've made this crackhead list that I made in 35 minutes, but uh, I've, I love Harrison Barnes. Um, he is a guy that, um, I mean, he, he has championship DNA. He was on those Golden State Warriors teams when he was young, so he got it young. Um, and he's been a veteran guy everywhere he's been since. He's just not as talked about as much because he's on the Sacramento Kings, which is where careers go to end. Um, but he's only making $18.5 million, so I can also see a similar sign-and-trade scenario for him. But he'd give you size, uh, and he can shoot. Um, and he can play defense. Uh, and that, I think that's he literally is kind of the mold of what we're looking for. Um, and I'd love that. I don't know if that's Grizzly's thought or Avenue, but I'd love that. Um, so those are a few potential trade targets. And I mean, obviously, we put potential in front of trade targets because Jack and I cannot see the future. And we also do not know what goes on in Zach Clement's head, nor do I want to because uh, he is a web, way better GM than I could ever want to be. Um, cause Zach Kleiman has done an incredible job. Um, but like I kind of already mentioned, as far as wings go, it's kind of a light free agency on guys you can potentially get cause the majority either have a club option, a player option, uh, or they're restricted free agents. But, uh, I'll give you five names that I like as far as wings that are big and can easily come and fit in this rotation perfectly in that Kyle Anderson role. Um, I'll start with the lowest guys and work my way up. Uh, the Cody, Cody and Caleb Martin, they're both in restricted free agency, one with the Heat and one with the Hornets. They're both around 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, I didn't actually look at their heights, but you and I both have watched them and been like, dude, where are these dudes coming from? Like, why are, why are they good players? Um, and, I mean, Caleb, I think, is the one with Miami, and he's the one getting consistent minutes on a playoff team right now in the conference finals. And I, I think they both have scary bounce. They can shoot it, and they play – incredible annoying defense which you and i both love so i think they would both be kind of they'd be cheaper options than kyle in my opinion so that's why i kind of put them there even though they are restricted free agents um because we'd have to outbid the heat and the hornets respectively um a guy who's an unrestricted free agent that kind of scares me with his injury history but he can shoot he is capable um and he's a bigger wing Bigger guard, I'll say, because he does play more two than he does anything else. But I like Jeremy Lamb. Uh, I don't think the Pacers plan on resigning him with the massive rebuild that they have thrust themselves into. Um, so I think he'd be a buy low candidate. Um, and I think he could give us a lot of versatility in the way we're looking. Um, but uh, that's who's to say that they look for him either. Um, the two guys I'm going to give you, I, these are long shots. And so I honestly don't even want to say them. But... 
Miles Bridges is a restricted free agent. And I'm telling you right now, watching lobs from Jaw to Miles Bridges would be the greatest show on earth. Um, and I think mm. he, he – <laughs> I knew that would get you going, dog. I literally saw it, and I was like, there's no way we get him. But you and I were talking the other day. DeAndre Hayden would be a great fit in a Charlotte uniform. Is there enough money to go around to keep Miles Bridges, maybe even get it, go get a DeAndre Ayton, and then also have money to pay LaMelo Ball in the future? I don't know. I'm not a GM. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I think if we could steal a Miles Bridges away, I think he'd plug and play right into this core. He would make Dylan Brooks very, very, uh, very easily or easy to move on from because you kind of have – in my opinion, a little bit better player. Maybe not on the defensive end, but offensively a better player who had a breakout year this year. Um, And come in and develop with the Grizzlies, that'd be awesome. I know I'm trying to speak it into existence, but uh, the next one, and you're probably going to kick me off your show for saying this one, but uh, Zach Levine. I would absolutely cry if I see Zach Levine sign to the Grizzlies. Defensively, he ain't got it like that. I love him. He's athletic as a mug, so he could like bounce back if he misses a play. He's not necessarily covering Ja because you'd probably have to cover him and Ja. But offensively, you'd get everything you wanted and more uh, in Zach Levine. Uh, <laughs> and, and you're gonna have dreams about it now, and we're still not gonna get them. So oh I just, God, dude, I'm not gonna be able to go to sleep for like the next week and a half. Just for everyone who doesn't know why the hell I'm moaning and making sounds whenever <laughs> I hear. Zach Levine, it is because I've single-handedly beat every single one of my friends, not because of my 2K skill in 2K, but because of how broken Zach Levine is on NBA 2K whatever year. He is so amazing on NBA 2K. I strongly recommend him. But honestly, I I, I love him. He's he's been one of my favorite players in the league ever since he won the dunk contest with Minnesota. He's – me and my dad had season tickets for the Lance Stevenson era whenever that was a thing for the Memphis Grizzlies. But uh, I remember I was like 15, 16 years old, and me and my dad liked to – Yell at the players, have quite a bit of fun. This is when Zach was on those miserable, miserable Minnesota teams. And uh, during a free throw, I just kept yelling. I'm like, hey, Zach, Zach. And, he, of course, he wouldn't, he didn't respond. Finally, in the third quarter, I, I yelled loud enough. I was like, hey, Zach. And he, like, he was staying at the three-point line. I'll never forget it. And he kind of moseyed over to half court. And I said, bro, can you please get a dunk for me? And he kind of smiled. He goes, I'll try to get one for you, bro. Well, uh, Lance Stevenson, the boys, kind of wiped the floor with this team. He never ended up getting a dunk. But, dude, I'll never forget that as long as I live. He's the nicest guy in the entire world. Never since him, I've used him on 2K. So I just love <laughs> I love Zach Levine. Yeah, and I would, I would love that as a fit. I don't know how possible it is, but it does sound like he's leaving Chicago. So it does sound like it's very possible he will be exiting Chicago. If he goes to Memphis, I don't know that. But as far as a Miles Bridges front, I loved how you brought that up because this is a guy that played with Jaron in college, that it's visible before and after games how tight him and Jaron Jackson are. So, that yes, that could attract them. And to your point, if they're going out and getting DeAndre Ayton, are they going to have enough money to keep Miles and LaMelo? That's, that's a fantastic point. But honestly, I, I love – I love that Zach Levine fit. And I honestly, I wouldn't mind the Miles fit and pushing Jaron to the five. I think that would be fantastic too. It's just, we're in such a good position right now because usually a team coming off of 56 wins, 
does not is not loaded with draft picks, is not loaded with young talent. They're usually weighed down by ridiculous contracts. Yes, John Morant's going to be signing the Supermax very, very soon. But at the same time, we have so many young guys that are underpaid and that we have to make decisions for. So um, this is just a great, great scenario to be in and probably one of the best in the league, in my opinion. Absolutely amazing conversation with Coop as always, but you know Trey Day hit my line and had to get in his words for our Memphis Grizzlies. What's up, what's up, Trey? How are you doing, my friend? Doing good, buddy. First time on the show without some bets, but ready to get to it, bud. <laughs> hey, love it, I love it. We're just going to jump right into it, and Trey, my first question for you, big guy, is what do our Grizzlies need to do in the offseason to become a true contender? Because no one really outside of Memphis thought we were winning any type of championship this year. So what do our Grizzlies need to do in the offseason to uh, get some respect nationally next year? Well, first thing, you know, we were such a young team. I feel like growing another year is just going to be huge for them in general to take a step in that right direction. Um, I'm super interested, though, to see what the coaching staff is going to implement Um Offensively, for Bain in the Bain in the off season, uh, to get more types of set shots off the off the dribble with shot, kicking it out, and then uh, I love the core we have, man. But I really think we could go out and get another small forward. I mean, you know, I don't like Dylan Brooks anyway, but um, I, I feel like there's so many so many small forwards out there that we could go. Um, not, I'm not really sure about free agency wise, but we could go trade. You know, we have those two two first round draft picks, which we'll get to in a little bit here. But he could package one of those with uh, another player, and then um, or even future draft picks, and go and pick up a small forward, maybe even a younger one who can sit behind Dylan for one year, and then we can let him walk. But I feel like having having a security blanket and being able to sit people down when they are going through a slump or when they're taking bad shots. I mean, point guard, we have Tyus. Shooting guard, we have Mel. Small forward, we have Zaire, but he was he was just so young this year. So like I said, again, another, age, another year of aging, I feel like it's going to be great for this team. But really, that's probably what I would where I would start is looking at that small forward position. I couldn't have said it any better uh, myself. I just wrote down a big wing because we have wings on wings, but they're small. We need bigger guys to match up in the playoffs a lot better, I think, um, especially on the defensive end because we know Ja, as fantastic as he is, he's going to hurt us defensively. So we need uh, big 3 and D guys around him for sure. Couldn't agree more. You know, I'd love to see a Tim Hardaway. Yes, or- yes. Yeah, you know someone like someone like that to just come in, like you said, three and D. You can kick it out, spray the three, but also walk you down and not. He doesn't. He knows he doesn't have to be that guy. You know, exactly. he's willing to take a back seat and just play his role. So, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure, kind of like what Dylan should be. Dylan could be a fantastic role player in this league. He just chooses not to be because he wants to shoot at twenty times a game. Exactly. Exactly. You have to know your role, and he's—I mean, he's not an all-star. So, you got, I mean, just it's like that's another thing, you know. Just trying to get players to know their role on this team. Um, I feel like that can really take them a long way. So, for sure. Um, with our two first-round picks that we have in this upcoming draft, if you were the GM, would you trade them? Would you trade one? Would you keep both? How would you play? Um, the cards we have right now. 
So right now, I love the love the roster we have. Um, I think it's going to be huge. Trying to see if we can sign in or uh, extend some people in the off season. So I think it really comes down to extensions in the off season. But then also, um, wait, I think those come after the draft. So you know, at this point, talk to those players, see if you can. If you have a confident feeling that you can re-sign Tyus and re-sign BC and keep SA for another year, all that good stuff. Um, you know, D'Anthony Melton as well. Um, I would look at trying to package those two together and you can maybe move up in the draft to where you could be able to draft a Jalen Duran, um, maybe around like 10 or 10 through 13, something like that. The kid, he's brought, I mean, he went to Memphis, he loves the city. He's an absolute unit. And like, if he, we had him coming in off the bench after SA, that would, I don't think there would be much of a fall off. He's, he looks like a, a dump truck, man. He's huge. So, mm. exactly. And there's not going to be uh, tons, um, tons and tons of pressure on him because it's going to be later in that first round. We don't expect him to be a franchise changer by any means. He just could be a great, cheap, complimentary piece. Exactly. And you know, the Grizzlies have had great, great hits in the draft lately with those For late sure. picks. You know, Brandon Clark was a great pickup in the you know, late, late first round. Um, Bane or two years ago. Uh, Dylan Brooks is another one. So, you know, we've had success. So I'd also look at that, you know, um, if the draft comes around and you're at, we have, uh, what is it, nine, or 22 and 29. So if it's a 22nd pick, you can look and you look at the draft board and say Ty Ty Washington or mm. Kennedy Chandler are still there. That's intriguing to me. So that's going to lead me into my next question for you. If you're at number nine, so say the Grizzlies do keep their picks. If you're at number 19 and you look at the draft board and you have Ty Ty Washington or Kennedy Chandler, one, which one are you taking? And two, would you rather take one of those young point guards on a rookie deal for four years or would you rather re-sign Tyus back up the green struck? Uh, I'm going to answer the second part of that first. Definitely take one of those um, rookie guards overpaying Tyus because Tyus, the market for him is going to be so inflated right now because people desperately need a starting caliber point guard right now. And he is that. Uh, I would definitely go with one of those two rookies. If I had to pick right now, um, just because of the high school I went to, it's got to be Kennedy Chandler. It's got to be Kennedy Chandler. And him and Ja have been tight for a couple of years now. They they hoop together all the time in the offseason. So I feel like they already, you know, kind of mess with each other. So I think it'd be a good fit. And uh, like I said, with Jalen Duran, Kennedy wouldn't have to be a franchise changer. Come in in the – come – in off the bench after jaw and just be a good complimentary piece. And I think he could definitely do that. He had a great freshman year. And the m- most encouraging thing about Chandler is watching him at the beginning of the season and the end of the season was like watching two different players. He got continuously better as the season went on. And that's what you look for in freshmen. He was a highly touted recruit recruited by Duke, Kentucky, Memphis, all the big name schools you can think of. But at Tennessee, he really got better as the year went on in Rick Barnes' system. Um, Rick Barnes is not going to be easy on you, so he knows how to deal with um, coaching. And I I would definitely take Kennedy, man. What about you? 
I could not agree more. You know, Tai Tai has been in and out all year, so he's already got injury problems. That's a red flag for me. And then, like you said, man, Kennedy's a winner. You know, he won state championships at Briar Test. He won EYBL before Peach Jam. He went to Sunrise. I think they lost in the national championship. So he was in a championship there. Went to that, went to UT, won the SEC as a freshman. Pretty sure he was, or yeah, pretty sure he was freshman of the year. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I couldn't agree more. I think within four years, and then like you said, with him and Jaw hooping together, I actually know for a fact that Jaw is mentoring Kennedy. Um, mm-hmm. And they'll be working together all summer too. So I feel like that would be a great pickup. The chemistry's already there. He's a winner and he's a dog, man. You know, like he's he's gonna fit right in with these group of guys. I would I would love that selection. So if Kennedy's there at 19, man, I'm taking Kennedy. And like you said, with the inflation of of Tyus's market right now, man, that's he could probably make north of like 20 million dollars a year somewhere else. Yeah. I completely could see that. And I could see um, a young team wanting a middle-aged vet like a Houston Rockets putting them next to Jalen Green. I could 100% see that. Or even um, up in Minnesota just having to return back home because the Timberwolves know him well. They drafted him. He's from that area. I could see them paying him very, very well. And there's a just a variety of teams that would want Tyus Jones on your on their team. I yeah, I absolutely agree, man. Tyus is a baller. I would love to keep him. It's just that that is gonna be so sorry about that. So uh, so expensive to do that, man. So you know, um I I couldn't agree more. Another another prospect I've been looking at very closely, went to Memphis as well, uh didn't get much playing time. There was a lot of rumblings of why and why not through uh, Twitter with his brother and whatnot. But uh, Josh Minot, mm-hmm. he's a six nine. Let me let me look up his measurables real quick. Um, he's in the combine. He's six eight point seven five in shoes. Six eleven point seven five wingspan. Eight foot eleven and a half standing reach. One hundred ninety two pounds or four point seven percent body fat. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I mean, he's he had forty three percent off the forty three percent field goal percent off the dribble. He had seventy six percent of his shots were at the rim, seventy five percent free throw shooter, seventy or sixty seven percent when he's driving right, fifty percent when he's driving left, and his ball stop, which is like deep defensively, seventy nine percent with one point eight transition pro- points per game, and his contest rate is. 53% with a foul rate on drives of 6%. So like you said, man, we were just talking about that, that a big athletic wing. He, if he's there at 22, man, I don't know if I would pass on Kennedy, but that is something I would definitely look at. I, I think that's a reach for him to be there because um, on someone's like, I forgot who it was, but someone posted the 20 best players in the draft, and Minot was number 10, which is ridiculous because I think he averaged like less than 12 minutes a game at Memphis. So mm. um, that's, I mean, I feel like the only reason he would fall is because a lot of people haven't seen a lot of them. So he's not on a lot of people's boards, but I, that could be a steal this draft. So, yeah, I love 
how long he is. I love the athlete he is. It's it's exactly what you said, man. It's it's what we've been looking for as a big wing. And the thing I love about our developmental staff at in Memphis is, I mean, look at what they did to Brandon Clark. Yes, he had a fantastic rookie year, but he had a down second year. People forget he did not play well his second year in the league. He was unplayable in the playoffs. He comes back the third year and just looks right back to himself and even better. And Desmond Bain is the best example out of everyone to come through Memphis. He comes in as a four-year college player. He's usually, you know, (laughs) the thing is, they play four years in college. You know what they are. There's not really any surprises there. He had a good rookie year. And you know what? We throw him in summer league. You're going to handle the ball. You're going to be the point guard. And this is going to take you to the next level. And it did. He had a nine-point jump in points per game. And the development I've seen out of Dez this past year is huge. And I can't wait to see it in the future. So I think Minot, even though it is, it could be a project, I think we are, we are one of the best teams in the league to uh, take on that project. Because I think we would do a great job with him for sure. I couldn't have, I couldn't have said it better myself, man. And, you know, with him at the power forward – he could learn from Jaron too. That would be incredible. With yeah. him and Jaron right there, man, I, I would love that. Two straight athletes with a dog mentality just going to work in the post, man. That's gonna be that's gonna be lethal, I feel like. So I pray he's there, but I don't I don't know if he will be. I'm interested to see. I'm excited for this draft too. Um another thing I wanted to touch on, obviously we don't have to touch on it long because we know it's gonna happen, but uh the jaw extension. You know, of course, of course, we're going to re-sign Jaw. I just wanted to go over um, how much it's going to be. And then if you think what your thoughts are with this. Mm. So, um, so he's probably going to receive the 30% Rose rule, right? Or you can only like get 30% of the team salary cap because of what happened with Derrick Rose. Mm. Um, so although he's likely to earn the NBA honors this season, he's gonna have to earn him again next season to get that guaranteed to or to get that five year 220, 222.9 million. Um, if he doesn't get him next year, he's gonna get 185.7. That's obviously a huge leap. I obviously think he's gonna get uh, all NBA. So um, with that extension, do you think that's gonna hurt the Grizzlies in the future? Um, off the dome, I don't, I think, I think it, obviously it's going to help. It's going to not help our depth. We're not going to be able to go or have 11, 12 guys that can be on NBA roster, play big minutes like we did this year. We're going to have to be a hell of a lot more healthy than we are this year to be able to maintain 56 win pace. It's going to affect our depth, but as the franchise as a whole and our team, Ja's getting better. He's still getting better. Like this guy is five years away from his prime. And at the same time, yes, we could pay him all the money in the world. I don't care. That is what excites people about a franchise. That's what sells tickets. And that's what wins championships. We need a top five guy in the league. And I think Ja can be that one day. And he's he's already a top three point guard, but a top five player in the entire league. Ja can be that. And he deserves every penny that he gets, in my opinion. I absolutely agree, man. I couldn't agree more. My only thing 
that I would counter on is you said it would it would hurt the depth. But I feel like, you know, if Jean, Jaren, and Bane stay around in Memphis, mm-hmm. I'm not saying Memphis is a huge city that's going to become a big market that people want to come to. But, you know, those people that are chasing rings, K- KD did it. Mm-hmm. So if people are chasing rings and we're out here competing every year, Chris Paul, he went to Phoenix. Phoenix was a dog team before he went there. Mm-hmm. Like... So, you know, I, I agree, but at the same time, I feel like those those bets will come for less with the thoughts of, oh, I can play with Ja, Bane, and Jaren. Like, I agree. That's what's up. Like, you know, I, I mean, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I, I can't think of one right now, but like a center that doesn't have a ring that's close to the end of his career, you know? So, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's plenty. I mean, I, dude, what if this is not gonna happen so like this is stupid to even say it but like what if joel Embiid was like yo i want to come to memphis i want to ring mm-hmm. see it see it james i'm done with you like sorry doc i'm gonna go play for zach exactly right. and or, or or like a zach levine or, or just somebody just anybody that could be you know zach levine's not this but a star that's on his last four or five years of his career and once a ring, he would come for less for sure to play with uh, how exciting this team is, how tight knit they are, and an opportunity to be in a winning culture where all the pressure isn't on you. Because, I mean, don't get it twisted. The pressure will be on Ja and Jaron and Desmond Bain. That's who it's going to be on because we drafted those guys and they've been here um, pretty much longer than anybody besides uh, Dylan Brooks. So the pressure is still going to be on them. And just bringing a star in, man, I, I feel like we can really attract them, no matter if we are the smallest market in the NBA. I couldn't agree more. Well, let's make it clear we're not. I mean, there's there's still the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Sacramento Kings, okay? So. <laughs> it's valid. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've been, hearing, I've been hearing rumblings on a podcast and um, radio shows today. And when I first heard it, I wanted to personally drive into oncoming traffic. <laughs> um, I haven't told you about this at all because I, I wanted to hear your reaction live. Some people are thinking, wow, we should we should really trade for Rudy Gobert. <clears throat> Let me get your thoughts on that, Jack. Let me get a, re- a live reaction on that one. No. No. I, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No. So I, I saw that. I was astonished. Like, why? In, in what right mind? Rudy Gobert wasn't even playable against the Mavericks. He gets played off the court in the playoffs every year. Every. And Donovan Mitchell is an electrifying player, just like Ja is. And he has a very good jump shot to spread the floor. And Rudy Gobert still can't do shit on offense with Donovan Mitchell on his team and Mike Conley on his team. I just, I, I hate the idea of having a lug you have to pay big dollars because that takes it away from things we need like wings. Um, I, I just don't like the money we'd have to pay him. I, I don't like any of that. That's what I love about Steven Adams is he's a utility guy. Yes, he makes quite a bit of money compared to everyone else on the roster, but we don't have to get him touches. He He's not going to take up you know, a lot of the percent of the salary cap once Ja gets signed. Like, it's not going to be that big of a deal. And 
I don't know. And Steven Adams, he's a guy that if you sat him in the playoffs like we did against Minnesota, he's not going to say shit. He's going to be right back the next series like he was against Golden State. Rudy Gobert, if you sat him, I mean, with all the drama. Exactly. Exactly. With all the drama he's had with Donovan Mitchell, I I just don't want that anywhere near our young guys, much less a big lug that can't score on offense and um, gets in feuds with the most likable guy in Donovan Mitchell. So. I couldn't agree more, man. I mean, literally, Donovan Mitchell hates him and won't even pass him the ball. Like, yeah. so that's yeah. I don't, I don't want Rudy Gobert. I, I can't stand Rudy Gobert. At that point, man, like, because you know, Stephen Adams is set to make uh, seventeen. I believe it's seventeen point nine. Let me double check that real quick. I have it right here. Uh, yep, seventeen point nine million dollars uh, this upcoming next season. I am down. Just keep keep Steven Adams. Man, I know that's a lot of money, but like he he's you can tell, man, he's the glue to this team. You know, we traded Valanciunas, got Steven Adams, look what we are this year. He's he's so selfless. He's all about the team. And you can tell that's rubbing off on the young guys too, you know. Mm-hmm. Jean sitting there gritty and with a knee injury because because we're spraying threes and beating Golden State by 55, you know? Like, we love to see each other succeed because mm. of the selflessness of this team. And if Rudy Gobert gets sat down and we're up 55, he's going to sit there with arms crossed and pouting. Like, mm-hmm. we don't we don't need that toxicity in, in our ball club. I, can, I couldn't agree more, man. So, and I... I think that's an underrated thing about the half season that Jay Crowder was there, Jaw's rookie year, because that was huge for him. Ja, I love Jay Crowder, too, yeah. And the mentor he was to Ja, because Ja, I mean, he was just trying to find his way in the league. And you see Dr- Jay Crowder just being completely selfless, being on a team that was not very good, carrying them to 500, and then getting traded away midseason. And he handles it like a businessman. And every time he's in yep. Memphis, he... He hugs Ja like he's his own brother, and they're still super tight. That's what I love about vets like Jay Crowder and like Steven Adams. I could not agree more, man. I feel like that was so huge for Ja's, like, just up, upbringing in the, in the league too, man. You know, having that one person to just, like, sit there and be like, yeah, you, you're going to be a star. Yeah. I don't feel like there's anything else that can, like, just make you feel better. Like, you're gonna, you, you sit there and you're like, I can do this, bro. Like, I got this. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't agree more. You know, Jay Crowder was huge. He's he's been huge, man. He's been huge for Phoenix. He's just a. I I miss him. I wish we didn't trade him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. I, I I completely agree. I mean, that's one of the just one of the few mistakes that Clyman's made as a general manager. But I mean, it's, it's he's done a hell of a job. Exactly. He's the executive of the year for a reason. So I'm not gonna bitch about that trade. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I have another question. So we keep we keep SA this year, right? Mm-hmm. Miles Turner up in Indiana. He's an intriguing prospect, but he's hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. He's making the same salary as SA, but SA is constantly healthy. And you know, mm-hmm. SA is probably going to make the same same contract next time. He's probably going to sign four years for 170 million, right? Mm-hmm. So, if you look for five years, whatever it is. So, if you look at this, I think that. The uh, market has gone down for Miles Turner because they're going to be worried about injuries. Mm-hmm. That also worries me. But would you look at being able to sign Miles Turner for, say, four years, 
12 million dollars a year rather than four years 18 million dollars a year for Stephen Adams given the injury history um that, that's and a do great... you like Miles Turner as a player that's also a question I love him as a player so that could also lead into your your thoughts on that that's that's a great question because what really got me was the 12 and 18 million dollar thing if it was the same price i'd say steven adams every time just because i know the journeyman he is but if we can get miles turner for cheaper maybe i just i mean and there's no guarantee on that my thoughts on that though are just like he's been hurt so many so many i mean he didn't play this season at all Mm-hmm. So, you know, his market's not going to be, he's not going to be a super max player. He's not going to be a max player. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Steven Adams, but the consistency thing, like the best ability is availability. So then it comes hand in hand of like, do you trust it? Was it, was it this? Was it that? Like, I don't, so I, what are your thoughts on that? I agree. I just love. I love Steven Adams passing and playmaking a lot more because I think that's huge in this um, in the style sets we run. But also we need Miles Turner defensively. So it, I I don't know. We'll, I'm just gonna kind of keep an eye on how Turner is this upcoming year and see how that shakes out. To be honest, because I, that's a question I couldn't answer right now. I, I don't know what I would do in the moment. To be honest. <laughs> That's that's what I was thinking too, man. I'm really intrigued on it because you know Turner, he he's a great offensive presence too. And you know, if you think about it, I really feel like if the Grizzlies had Winjaw went out in the playoffs, if we had a center that could have just went and pounded and pounded like a a cap, a Joel Embiid, uh, dude, I would even take him like a. No, I'm not going to go there. I don't like poison this. But, um, <laughs> but you know, like one of those big guys that is just willing and Aiton even when he's playing well, but to just go down to go dog in the paint and just like get you buckets, get people to foul out, you know, like I would, cause he's, he's like that. I think one year he even averaged like up near 20 points a game. Mm-hmm. a whole season so you know he's he's like that he, I'm pretty sure he's been an all-star don't quote me on that because I'm not sure but um you know I'm I'm pretty sure that that could be something that they would look into depending on how his injury situation is next year because like you said 12 million compared to 18 million is a lot of money especially when it comes across four years that's 24 million dollars you can put into someone else so yeah yeah I, I think that's that's a big uh thought provo- provoking thing for me as well because uh I, I could really go either way on that one for sure i'm right there with you man all right bro you got anything else about our memphis grizzlies well i have actually one more thing this doesn't really pertain to um as crucial this offseason but they are extension eligible we have um we have six people that are eligible for extension. I would like to hear your thoughts on all of them. So I'll go I'll go one by one. So first one we got DeAnthony Melton. Extension eligible. Um yeah. Yeah. I'd I'd give it to D Melt. You would give it to D Melt? 
Mm -hmm. So let me see here. I'm, I can tell you his contract right now. He's making $8.25 million. He's guaranteed $9.75 uh, through 2023-2024. So we have him like one more year. Mm. So you would re-sign that? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd re-sign that. I, I would definitely. I couldn't agree more. All right, next up. I got Brandon Clark. Yeah, for sure. No brainer. I, yeah, I, that's, yeah, that we're not even going to take time on that one. Um, next, how about Steven Adams? Um, yes. Yeah, I, I believe so. I would do See, it. See, I, I agree. I think the only, the only thing that would change my mind is what happens with that Miles Turner situation. If you can get a player of his caliber for cheaper just because of, he had an off year or something like that, you know? Yeah. So, um, how about, let me see here, Dylan Brooks. <laughs> you and I, you I and I have, have to you, rip you for this. <laughs> you and I have the same answer. Don't, don't worry. You don't have to rip anything. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. <laughs> Bye. Hit the road jack and don't come back. Yeah, please do. <laughs> and then, uh, the last one, man. X man, Xavier Tillman. What's what's the money look like on that? Let me see here, real quick. It is gonna look like, um, wow, <laughs> one point seven million. Yeah, I'd resign him. Yeah, dude, just to have a third big <laughs> man on the roster. That that that'd yeah, be yes, man. dude. Yes, because he's a capable backup big. Yeah. Let him go play for the hustle if we need. Yeah, my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd resign him. <laughs> yeah, 1.7, that's, yeah, that's a no-brainer, man. So, um, yeah, but I think that's all my questions. Um, I'm excited for this offseason. I'm really excited to see what they do. Also so hyped for this draft, man. If we can if we can get our hands on Kennedy, like, if these people got my hype stuff and Kennedy goes, like, top 15, I'm going to be so upset. Like, yeah, same. I'm going to be happy. I'll be so happy for him. But I'm going to be so upset. I'm going to text him right then. Like, dog, I thought you were going to be a grizzly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, we'll see how it goes. But, no, I'm I'm hyped for it, man. It'll be a fun, a fun off season, And then, like, oh, I have one more question. I totally blew. Um, so, what in what situation, what would you look for in trading Dylan Brooks? So, if you're the Grizzlies, first off, are you taking calls for D Dylan Brooks right now? I think you and I both know the answer to this, but... Yes, for sure. And also, just a side note, Trey, uh, Zoom just sent me this thing where I'm like, I have to upgrade to get more minutes on recording, and I apparently only have like three minutes left. I don't know what the fuck this is. Oh, shit. I'll make this the last question, bro. Okay. All right, but we got like two minutes, 55 seconds. Say last, bro. I got you. So, um, Dylan Books, yeah, I think we both know the answer to that. We are, are listening to calls. What are you going to listen to for that? Are you looking at uh, future draft picks? Are you looking at a, a role player? Are you looking to trade your picks and Dylan Brooks for a starting small forward? Um, what are you looking at there? Honestly, I'm looking... Cooper got me engaged about this. We uh, talked about this a couple months ago um, with possible trade uh prospects for the grizzlies i'm looking straight up dylan brooks for josh hart that's 
what I want. I, I love. I heard that podcast, man. I would love to do that. Yes, I think he's I a starting caliber guy. I really do, and I think it could be a straight up trade too. He's in New Orleans right now, right? He actually got sent out to uh, Portland on that CJ McCollum That's trade. Right. That's right. Okay, yeah, I would. I would love that trade, man. Um, that would be that would be amazing. Another one I was gonna say um, that I would love to see is even um, Sam Johnson. I would love to love to yeah. bring Cam Johnson to the Suns. Yep. Good like old three and D player. That'd, I, I like, feel like that'd be awesome. So I think that's fantastic too. I think Cam Johnson could be a starter in this league, especially next to Jaw and his shooting as well. Be I'd be great. I could not agree more, man. So I'm excited to see what the Grizzlies do. I have the utmost faith in that guy, man. You know. So yeah, same here, bro. Same here, dude. Trey, thank you so much for coming on, and I uh, can't wait to talk to you real soon, my friend. Absolutely, man. Thanks again for having me. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely talk again soon, buddy. Go, go Warriors tonight, baby. Yes, sir. Yeah.